the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along today. Kath is uh, taking the day off. I'll be uh, following through these next couple of hours. I've been thinking about this a a lot lately. You know, we just uh, have gone through Thanksgiving and uh, family gatherings and whatnot. You know, the question last week at this time in the office was, you know, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? Where are you headed? Who are you going to hang out with? What's that look like? I was always kind of curious, right? Are you always kind of curious what your friends circle of friends look like? And then it's struck me around you know that thanksgiving morning that there were a lot of people who were spending thanksgiving alone a lot of people and uh, i wonder about this about loneliness in the united states or loneliness in the world i mean we are lonely people are we not and i i you know this so-called social media thing that we do which, you know, it's pretty hollow. Few people, I believe, find satisfaction in so-called social media because it's just empty. There's this, it's an empty exchange. One person at a laptop or an iPhone or whatever posting something, expressing an opinion, but it's not really flesh and blood. It's not really eye-to-eye or heart-to-heart. It's just hollow. It's, there's nothing to it. So I wonder about all of us here in Pittsburgh in 2018. I wonder about that and where your sense of community comes from. How are you connected to your neighbors, to your circle of friends? What does that look like for you? Because I do know, I've suffered through this myself, that we are in in some ways, not to overstate this, but we are in some ways in an epidemic of, of loneliness. I'm sure you can look back in your own life. Maybe there's probably maybe maybe you're one of the fortunate few who hasn't done this or hasn't experienced this. But I think the large majority of us, at one time or another in our lives, and some perhaps just for a season, others for a year or many for a lifetime find themselves starved, literally starved for affection, conversation, connect- connectedness. Because in our heart of hearts, we're lonely. I walk my dog uh, through my neighborhood. You know, the d- hours are darker now. So when I get home... <laughs> oftentimes against my better judgment because it's so cold. I take the dog for a walk. And, you know, when you're walking in your neighborhood, of course, especially now, and even even when the weather was nice, 
I rarely saw anybody on the street, maybe a, you know, one or two other guys that I know from walking dogs. But for the most part, and especially now because it's nighttime and you can see the flicker, the blue hue, the flicker of a TV screen or a computer monitor, house after house after house. And you know people are in there, that there's life in there, that there is something going on. But my guess is when you look through those windows, there's a lot of loneliness. According to a, a recent large-scale survey from the healthcare provider Cigna, most Americans suffer from strong feelings of loneliness and a lack of significance in their relationship. Nearly half of the people who took part of this survey, nearly half, say that they sometimes or always feel alone or left out. 13% of Americans say that, that, say that zero people know them well. Zero people know them well. The survey from Cigna, which uh, charts social isolation using a common measure known as the UCLA loneliness scale, shows that loneliness is worse in each successive generation. So your parents, your grandparents, they were less lonely than we are. And we are less lonely than perhaps our children are. You know, you know, um, do you know the name Ben Sass, Senator Ben Sass? He's a Republican from Nebraska. He's written a, a book called Them, Why We Hate Each Other and How to Heal. And he cites, among other things, the skyrocketing rates of suicide, overdose deaths in America. This year, 45,000 people in America will take their lives. More than 70,000 people in America will die from drug overdoses. And so Ben Sass says that loneliness is killing us. It takes on even darker significance in the wake of, wake of um, you know, the mail bomb campaign against President Trump, the massacre here in Pittsburgh at the Tree of Life Synagogue, both of which were perpetrated by people, by men who were lonely, isolated, locked away in their anger and fear and resentment. And in some instances, some would say their own insanity, very lonely men. Men spinning their wheels and ingesting the outrage that they find online, eating it in chunks, and then in their loneliness, their rage, they act out. Isolated. We are an isolated people. So what role do we as Christians have in this healing and I guess it's probably hard to heal yourself first before you can look at the common good of society. How do you, how do you tackle your loneliness? Are you a lonely person? Do you suffer in your isolation, in your fear, in your sadness? Our loneliness is clearly an epidemic that is eating us alive. And I'm grateful for my church community because my church community provides me with a base of relationship. The people in my small group whom I love dearly, I count as family. I've known them for a long time. Without them, I don't know what my life would be like. I travel along with them on the journeys of of celebration, right? Of birth, graduation, illness, death. 
I travel along with these 12 people in my small group and their children and love them. And then the greater church community itself, the people that I am acquainted with, not nearly as well as I could or should be, perhaps, not perhaps, but definitely. All those people that we interact with, I'm so grateful for my my local church. But I do know that as I walk my dog in the darkness and cold, that there are so many people who are desperate for a touch, a look in the eye, a kind word, a conversation, a hug. And I think not that long ago, I think it was this past summer, I read um, that the um, the UK had appointed a minister of loneliness. So we are not alone, right, in, in looking at that, this survey that I'm reading from in this epidemic of loneliness, as hyper-connected that we, uh, we presuppose ourselves to be. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that great poverty? Our hyper-connectedness. That's rubbish. Oh, we are so hyper-connected. We are not connected. We are disconnected more and more so. We think we're hyper-connected. We're hollow, like a chocolate Easter egg bunny, just hollow crying out to to know and to be known crying out in our isolation anyway not to be a downer to start the day but i've been thinking about loneliness and how it intersects in my own life <laughs> take a break come back we got a good show for you cast not here today but stay with us uh, i promise you back in a few Do you miss me tonight? Are you sorry we drifted apart? 101.5 WORD. Coming up on Love Worth Finding. How would you like to have sweet communion with the Lord? I mean for the Lord, not to be somebody that you read about or hear about. But for the Lord Jesus Christ to be in your life a bright, burning reality. Adrian Rogers continues to teach about the sweetest fellowship this side of heaven this month on Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD. Most executors don't want the job, quite frankly. Attorney Michelle Conti, host of Conti's Law on the importance of proper estate administration. There's a lot of steps that go into settling an estate. And if they don't get it right, not knowing the law isn't a defense to why you didn't do it correctly in the first place. When you pass without appropriate planning, it can be very costly. We see more fractions within families when death and money are involved. If you don't plan appropriately, it's very common. Siblings don't speak anymore. We act as the mediator for that executor to understand the law. We sit down and go through what probate looks like. Once we go through those steps, we'll assist with getting all of the legal documents, getting you sworn in with the local court and starting that probate process. And then we will act as the mediator with the beneficiaries and the executor. Hear more on Conti's Law, Saturday morning at 9 on WORD. For immediate help, visit ContiLawPGH.com. I can't believe it. That we're playing 4-4 four four basketball with a barbershop quartet? Pass the ball, pass the rock. 
I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Believe it, Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. For over 50 years, Chuck Swindoll has provided biblical insight for living. Now that wisdom is available in the Swindoll Study Bible. Scripture is practical. It addresses life as it really is. I want to make the complicated simple, but not simplistic, so that anyone can grasp scriptural truth and deepen his or her walk with Jesus. That's my goal, and that's what you'll find when you read the Swindoll Study Bible. Get your copy today. Castle Toys and Games in Beaver, Wexford, and Oakmont wishes you a warm and merry Christmas filled with imagination and delight that lasts long after the presents are opened. And may your new year be blessed with more time to play and laugh together with games and toys that bring everyone in your whole family around the table. Warmest wishes to you and yours from Castle Toys and Games, your local independent toy store serving area families since 2005. In Beaver, Wexford, and Oakmont at castletoysandgames.com. We three kings of Orient are Bearing gifts we traverse afar Field and fire And so here we are on the cusp of Advent. Pastor Josh Brown is with us. Josh is the pastor at Belfield Evangelical Presbyterian Church in the Oakland neighborhood of the city of Pittsburgh. Josh, welcome back. How are you today? Hey, John, I'm doing pretty well. How are you today? Real good, thanks. Thanks for being with us today. Yeah, my pleasure. So Advent, is would this Sunday be the official start of Advent, or did it end after last Sunday? Uh, it, well, the first Sunday of Advent is, is, this, is this coming Sunday, which is December 2nd. It's the, first, it's the four Sundays prior to Christmas Day itself, so that, just, that works out differently different years, of course. I see. Um, this Sunday will be the first one. Okay, so then the table is set, so to speak, and um, whether we want it or not, we're being force-fed the commercial feed of what Christmas is. Of course, Christmas is not necessarily Advent, but when we look at Advent, right, we feel the approach of the the Christ Jesus Savior child, and that brings with it a lot of emotion of which we're supposed to feel joy. But the fact of the matter is, a lot of people don't feel that. Yeah, that's right. Advent itself is a word that uh, literally means uh, appearing or revelation or something like that, arrival even. And so it's a period of time where the Church is preparing itself for the arrival, for the birth of Jesus Christ. Not not just His birth, but it's also a time where the Church has always looked back at that, but tried to look ahead, too, because we do believe that this same Jesus will be coming again. And so it's a period period that's historically been marked by waiting and expectation, and I think that, by and large, we've lost some of that. Like you said, we, we kind of jump full steam into the joy and celebration of the season. And that can be a, a bit of a jolting uh, jump for a lot of people to make, especially anybody who's dealing with uh, some kind of... I, I was listening to you right before I came on, people dealing with loneliness or isolation or uh, feelings of grief or mourning or whatever it might be, especially if you're in a place like that to be told, all right, guess what? It's the first Sunday of December. Time to be joyful. Uh, That's a a, a bridge too far, I think, uh, for a lot of people. And so because of that, maybe even the message just gets tuned out a little bit. Yeah, it's a big leap forward. So, okay. So then how do you sort of, um, what, plant the seeds 
to ensure that maybe you if you just don't have a, a happy advent, but at least you would have a deep theological or a richer conversation with Jesus as you start to walk through this season? Well, first of all, I like the way to even phrase some of that there, that, it, that it, there is a deeper and richer story than is often being told with this, because, well, first of all, because so much the message of the Church has gotten just collapsed into the message of the marketplace, where it's uh, gift season time and celebration season time, and, and we kind of see these as uh, just two sides of the same coin, that we've lost some of the language uh, by and large, not not in all areas of the church, but by and large, we've lost some of the language that I think we should be using at this time. And historically, the church has looked at Advent as a time where you move through and up to the time of joy and rejoicing. Um, it's probably not the first note in the song that you sing, and uh, that's why even even some of the great uh, classic songs of the church and some of the uh, scripture readings that have typically been associated with it um, don't always start with the first note of celebration, but begin by saying, there's a reason that we need a Messiah to arrive. Hmm. Uh, there's a reason that we need God to step down into this creation and deliver us. Uh, and so we start with that. And then when you hear that this Jesus has come and that God has made good on all of his promises, you can begin to see, oh, okay, that's why there's joy. That's why there's hope. That's why there's... Um, an opportunity to celebrate in the midst of this. Well, that's good. Okay, so so Christian or not, right, um, there's a necessity to acknowledge that we need a Savior. And I think for a lot of people, the idea of sin and redemption is anathema to, of course, the commercial aspect of the world. But especially if you're a believer in Christ, you should look in the mirror, so to speak, of your own wretchedness and acknowledge that and then invite the the living Savior into your, into your life, and maybe what better time to do it than now, this first step into the Advent season? Yeah, I think that's right. A lot of that a lot of that terminology is just fraught with uh, all kinds of, of difficulty. Like you said, sin, even even you know the language of a Savior and salvation and deliverance. Um, those, those can those those can be heard in all kinds of different ways. By people. <laughs> but, I, but I would think. Not just I mean, even in my own experience, most people, I, I don't know that I've met too many people, if you talk with them, who would say, everything is right with the world. Um, so e- even beginning with some language like that, saying, look, there, we, you feel it, right? I mean, yeah, we feel this, up. you recognize this. This world's not the way that it's supposed to be. It's not right. Um, we shouldn't be, people shouldn't be experiencing those kinds of intense loneliness that lead to outbursts of violence or... Uh, going through the inexplicable death of a loved one or, or some of these things. It, we can agree on that, right? It's not right. Even yeah. if we're not using the same terminology just yet, you know, there's an entry point into that conversation for sure with that. And I, I think that can allow for to say, well, what would it take for this world to be made right? What would it take for these things to be addressed in a way beyond anything that you and I are capable of? What, what would that look like? And could it be the case that God has actually done that? Uh, so I think, yeah, there, there's there's good ways to get into that conversation with people. Yes. Um, Maybe especially just starting with my myself, right, or yourself, or, or, or all of us here today. We have to hold that up and think, okay, I know that, you know, I'm not 100% correct. There's a lot of messiness in my own life. So how do I, as the season begins, clean house a little bit, get rid of the, some of the clutter, the ugliness, the all, all that, the anger, the fear, the resentment that makes me up and prepare the way. 
Yeah. And it's not, I, I don't mean to suggest that we go so far as to have Advent be this kind of morose time. No, no. Focusing on the down stuff. But, but there's preparation. But, sure. And, and even something, you know, one of the verses that gets read a lot during the Christmas season in Isaiah, where it says the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Even in something as short as that, you're seeing a bigger scope to the story than often gets told, because it says, it's acknowledging, we are walking in darkness. It's not right. It's not the way it's supposed to be. And on those people, a light has dawned. So um, it doesn't, yeah, even that shows that there's there's both of those things present there. And uh, I know not every church uses liturgical colors and different things like that. Some do. Some maybe have some decorations that they're not even sure why they have them. But a lot of people would, I think, be familiar with seeing purple as a time, purple as a color around some churches during the holiday season, maybe in the Advent candles. Yes, yes. Purple wreaths. Uh, there's there's intentional symbolism in that. The Church historically had used purple not only as a sign of royalty, but also as a sign, a color symbolized and associated with repentance. And so Advent had been those things. It had been a time to repent, that is, acknowledge that we do need a Savior, but simultaneously that this royal one has arrived. And, and even, <laughs> I know people don't even maybe, uh, a lot of churches maybe don't um, use it anymore, but they're has historically been, if you use that Advent candle, churches who use that, like the wreath, you know, they have these three purple candles and one pink one, and mm-hmm, some, some people will say, well, I know the pink one is joy, but I don't know why, and there had been a historic progression in that where, uh, even that, you see, you begin with acknowledging, we need to hear some good news, we need to hear some joy, and then this triumphant news that, well, the one who has arrived is the one who can decisively address all these things, so yes. there is there is joy. Um, there's a lot of little things even around the kind of church historic like that that are meant to point us to these things, although I think we've we've truncated the story too often. Okay, so that's good. So what I hear from you then, in some ways, that there's an intentionality. If we are serious about our faith, and you know, people are listening on a fairly regular basis to, to the station and to the show, you would assume that a lot of people are serious about the journey of their faith. I mean, I remember years ago, uh, when our kids were really little, a relative gave us our first advent calendar. And of course, you know, I think most people are familiar with that, right? The, each yeah. day you open up a little door and there's, you know, a, a verse or a suite or something like that. I mean, those kind of tools, that's, that's good to have. I mean, maybe not something as an adult for as an advent calendar, but there are certainly devotionals and things like that that allow that examination and do allow us to draw closer to the Lord as we move forward and closer to Christmas Day. Yeah, yeah, those things that, that help you to to prepare for that. I mean, we talk about preparing your hearts for the Advent season and, and preparing yourself for the birth of the Savior. And th- those kind of tools can be wonderful for that, especially if they're guiding you through that. Um, as we said at the beginning, if you just, you know, if you're just told, all right, it's the first Sunday in December, you got to flip that switch and everything is joyful now, no. um, that, that seems a bit forced. <laughs> to a lot of people, uh, it is a bit forced, I think, and and it's not acknowledging the whole thing. Uh, Mention that verse in Isaiah. It, it doesn't just say, um, you know, Jesus, the light of the world, came into the world, came into a world where everything was all good, and he just joined in on the party. But it's saying, no, that this people walking in darkness, us who are subject to the sin and death that ravage this world, uh, they need to have light and life enter in from outside, and. So even just acknowledging that, not not that you have to dwell on it. I, again, I want to say that so that people don't think I'm suggesting Advent just be this um, kind of morbid time of thinking about difficult things. But 
even just even a well, it should be maybe a little more than a quick acknowledgement, but even an acknowledgement of that allows you, I think, to say well, this is why this is why we sing "Joy to the World." We don't just sing that because you know that's a song that you pull out in December. Right. We we sing that because we have a little bit of an understanding now of why we need Jesus Christ who he is, and then what he's done. Amen. Pastor Josh Brown is with us from Belfield Evangelical Presbyterian Church. Josh, I know some uh, denominations of the Christian faith uh, start the season off with a confession, um, whether it's a group confession or an individual confession. I mean, uh, to me, again, that's just one of those things. I'm just cleaning house a little bit, right? I want to make, I want to put things in order so at least I start the right foot on the path. Yeah, I think that's a helpful thing. Um, we, uh, in our at the church where I serve, um, we have times to do that um, every week. Actually, uh, it, it's just a it's a part of coming before the Lord is just acknowledging that we need His grace and we need His mercy, and doing that in a, in a particular way suited to the Advent season. I think is, is a very helpful way to enter into that. Um, to say, Lord, help us to have a, a good and clear understanding of what this season is. To be mindful of the fact that I personally need a savior that this world needs one and to remember that and to know that it's not that it's not me i can't be that and you you know you need to do for me what i could not do for myself and then when we see that in jesus christ you have done all these things we've got a sure footing underneath ourselves for singing these songs of joy and celebration and um gladness and glad tidings and and everything that we sing that's good Hey, Josh, uh, before you leave us, talk to us about uh, the season. It, it, um, obviously, you've been working along with your staff uh, to make uh, events and uh, worship uh, accessible for people during the Advent season. What's that look like at Belfield uh, during this season? Yeah, we're like a lot of churches, we kind of ramp up some things around here. We, we try to provide some opportunities for people to gather in fellowship and friendship and times of worship and uh, so there are we have we have a whole lot of different things happening. I don't know that I'm going to try to list all of them now. Sure. Uh, our, our website, which is uh, very simply Belfield.org, will post all of those things. Uh, one, if you if you allow me, it's yeah, highlighted that I think is kind of a fun and unique thing that we do. Since we are located in Oakland and we're surrounded by a number of university communities, we recognize that we have a good number of students who call this place their church home, and yet they leave. When, as soon as finals are done, so they're not actually here for Christmas Eve, but because we want to be able to celebrate with them, uh, we do. Uh, we have a Christmas Eve service at kind of the normal time on Christmas Eve, but we also do one a few weeks early, and we just uh, call it Christmas Eve ahead of time. Might not be the most creative name in the world, but um, it's a time where we have a, a candlelight service and, and do a Christmas Eve service, and we do it with uh, all of our students and families and everybody from the congregation before. Uh, folks all split and head off for the holidays. So that's kind of a, a really unique thing. I, I think that's a kind of fun way to, um, not just a fun way, but I think a significant way for uh, the, the more transient parts of our community for us to be able to say, you are a part of our community, and we want to make sure that we can acknowledge this time together. So um, that's one of the things we do. Uh, a lot, there's a bunch of other things. We've got some different concerts and worship services and things, and um, again, you can find all that uh, all that information on our website if people are interested. Very good. Well, Josh, thanks. Uh, I appreciate you sort of setting the stage for this this joyful time, but also the reminder that before the joy comes, there's work to be done as well. Yeah, it is a joyful time, and in order for us to be able to recognize that as deeply and truly as we possibly can, we just not need to make sure we're telling the full story. Very nice. Josh Brown, he's the pastor of Belfield Presbyterian Evangelical Church in the Oakland neighborhood here in the city of Pittsburgh. Oh. Tim Moore
mountain following yonder star Born a king on You're a good mom. You've tried every parenting tip in the book, but nothing seems to stick. Your child is smart, but just can't sit still and focus. Or maybe you know that something is just off. If your child just can't do things you think he should be able to, there is a reason. Brain Balance can help. For over 10 years, the Brain Balance program has helped kids just like yours. This customized program doesn't just mask your child's issues, but gets to the root of the problem. If your child is not making friends, is disruptive in school, or life just seems a lot harder than it needs to be, it's not that he's not trying. He just can't change what he can't control. The Brain Balance program can help. If you feel your child falling further and further behind in school, don't wait. Call your local center today and find out how Brain Balance can build the strong foundation your child needs for a brighter future. Visit brainbalance.com for the center nearest you. This is Michael Medved and here with Mike Stahl from Health Markets helping folks find the right Medicare coverage. The news reports say that the rates might be going down. The government projects the cost of Medicare plans will decrease this year. So you have to ask yourself, are you getting the best rate? Health Markets offers a free service with access to thousands of Medicare plans nationwide to help folks maximize their benefits and save money. What is it people need to keep in mind? Enrollment in the right plan is not automatic. With so many Medicare options it can be confusing. My advice, don't go it alone. Get unbiased help to find a plan that may cost less and cover more with lower co-payments, more choices like dental and vision, and the freedom to choose your doctors. With the enrollment deadline only weeks away, it's important to act now. Our Health Markets Medicare assistance is free. Thanks Mike. This is Michael Medved for Health Markets. For your free Medicare assistance, call 800-741-5592. That's 800-741-5592. 800- 7415592 At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme gift ideas for everyone on your list. From annual favorites like remote starters to truck accessories, lift kits, weather tech floor liners, tonneau covers, electronics, wheels and accessories and more. Heard of Drone Mobile? Use your smartphone to control, secure and even track your vehicle from anywhere in the world. Don't know what to get? Get a gift card. For an extreme selection of the year's most extreme gifts, visit Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville. at extremetruck.net Dell Cyber Week sale for small businesses on. Save big with massive deals on office essentials like computers with 8th gen Intel core processors. Dell's small business technology advisors can help you find the right tech at Cyber Week prices. Visit dell.com/sbcyberweek or call 877 by Dell. For all the many years that we've been doing the right home with John and Kathy, both Kath and I really appreciate all the advertisers who've been with us. Grove City College is our newest advertiser and we are so happy that Grove City is with us. Both of our children attend Grove City. So we as proud parents of children who attend Grove City College we say thank you to Grove City College. A couple of flurries for this evening otherwise mostly cloudy tonight brisk and cold the low 22 will stay mostly cloudy and cold tomorrow but not quite as harsh high 35 a bit of rain tomorrow night bix with some snow or sleet early leaving little to no accumulation but watch for some slick spots the low around 32 not as cold for friday with a little rain 44 degrees. I'm Aki Weather Meteorologist Danielle Nittle on 101.5 Word FM. Now my grandfather was a sailor. He blew in off the water. 
My father was a farmer and I, his only daughter, took up with a no good mill working man from Massachusetts who dies from too much whiskey and leaves me these three faces to feed. So Americans are dreaming big these days when it comes to their careers. According to a new survey from Mid-American Nazarene University, the American dream, remember that, the American dream isn't quite what you'd imagine. It's actually pretty weird. Uh, The survey found that most Americans dream of a job where they get 52 days off per year. That's one day a week. The ability to work remotely from home uh, for at least 11 days a month and a full hour for lunch. Not so much to ask, is it? Apparently, only 25% of Americans say that they are actually living out their dreams in their current jobs. Now, the survey also said that about 41% of Americans dream of owning their own business, but only if they don't have to work more than 60 hours per week. And some Americans are willing to keep it more low-key. 23% of Americans dream of a mid-level management role. 18% are fine maintaining an associate role at a decent company. Uh, men are dreaming of a $444,958 salary, while women are only dreaming of $278,000 salary. And don't forget the benefits. Uh, men say that their most important perks are a matched 401k, help with student loans, a gym membership, office snacks, and the ability to work remotely. Women value similar perks but also ask for a flexible schedule and unlimited vacation time. Most Americans who aren't already working in the dream industry think a lot about working in the entertainment biz, but it appears that only accountants, journalists, engineers, education workers, and a few others are relatively happy in their industry. And so it is. The dream job still remains the American dream. Take a break. Come back. Uh, We got more ahead. We're going to talk about um, Google is easier than Jesus. My grandfather was a sailor. He blew in off the water. My father was a farmer and I his only daughter. 101.5 WORD with James McDonald and Walk in the Word. If you have unanswered prayers, it's probably time for you to go for a breakthrough. Discover the barriers and malfunctions in your prayer life that can put your prayers on mute. Then find out how to build increasing confidence in your relationship with God as we kick off one of our favorite teaching series titled Breakthrough Prayer this week on Walk in the Word with James McDonald. Tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. on 101.5 WORD. Hi, it's me, Marsha, from the Springhouse. How are you? Hey, take a big whiff. Mmm, can you smell it? The real hickory wood burning long and slow in our smokehouse to smoke our old-fashioned hickory smoked hams. Have you ever tried a Springhouse smoked ham? The meat is so tender, it falls right off the bone when it comes out of the oven. And the taste, mm mmm. A taste of days gone by. A Springhouse Hickory Smoked Ham makes a great corporate gift in a big Springhouse box with a big red bow on top. Or how about for all those sage folks that remember smoking their own hams as youngsters? 
Give us a call at 724-228-3339 to order your whole or half hickory smoked ham from the Springhouse. Or check us out on the web at www.springhousemarket.com. And Merry Christmas from all of us at the Springhouse in 84 PA. You don't know when your furnace will call it quits, but you can rest assured it'll be at the most inconvenient time possible. And who has all day to wait around for a tech to arrive? With Ventec, there is no waiting around, including evenings and weekends. Ventec will repair and replace forced air, central AC, and even offers split mini-duct units to heat and cool individual rooms. With flat rate pricing instead of hourly fees, clean, courteous, convenient, and A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. Ventec, 412-793-0661. It's the most wonderful time. Time of the year. And with my pillow, you can enjoy the most wonderful sleep of your life. Hey, this is John Hall, and I've been enjoying a great night's sleep for years thanks to my pillow. And believe it or not, it's still in as good a shape as it was when I took it out of the box. That's because Mike Lindell, creator of my pillow, made it machine washable and dryable, and his patented interlocking fill guarantees it will never lose its shape. If you've never tried my pillow, now's the perfect time with Mike's holiday four pack special. Just call 1 800 961 9207. Mention promo code WORD and get two my pillows plus two go anywhere pillows for one low price. Exclusive for this offer, you'll get free holiday shipping, and they're even extending their money-back guarantee on the four-pack through March 1st of 2019. Plus, it comes with a 10-year warranty. Mention promo code WORD when you call 1-800-961-9207 or enter it when you visit MyPillow.com today. If you're not in the club, you're missing out. Word FM Discount Shopping Club members get up to half off great deals every day, right from your computer or smartphone. Like today, get twice the fun for half the price at Fun for All Family Fun Park in Cranberry. Get a $100 value for $50 or $50 value for $25 and enjoy the best family fun rides, games, and attractions, including their new holiday. Holiday Lights Mini Golf. It's all for fun at Fun for All. Log on now to wordfm.com. Keyword shopping. Well, I think congratulations are in order for all of us because our next guest, Ann Kennedy, she, like you and I, we have survived um, Cyber Monday. Black Friday and the ensuing step forward into the Christmas season. And welcome back to the show. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Real good, thanks. Thanks for being with us here today. So um, did Black Friday, Cyber Monday, register a blip at all among your busy household? Well, on Black Friday, I like to creep out and go to a, a really great consignment shop uh, without my children, that's my tradition. Very nice. And so I survived that really well because was, there's a great sale there. There was a good sale uh, at the consignment store? It was. It was very nice. And, you know, I it's for, you know, ladies of a certain age. I like to go there because it makes me feel young. <laughs> so <laughs> You show off. You show off, huh? Walking I around. do. I yes. do. No crow's feet here. Not me. No, no, no. No, not me. I'm all good. <laughs> it's an oil of, of Olay that's working so well, isn't it? <laughs> that's right. Right. Exactly. Okay. So, you know, this it's a weird season, isn't it? I mean, the names themselves, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, sort of feel um, 
dark and dystopian. And uh, I, I'm like you, I don't necessarily want to engage in that. Um, as part of your article that you wrote at Pathios, Google is easier than Jesus, you, you link to an article um, from the National Review, I believe, uh, called The Creepy Line about uh, the guys on Facebook. The former CEO of Facebook says that f- Facebook uh, sort of takes great pride in getting close to the creepy line but not crossing it. Can you talk to us about that? I you're right. I list I read that I was on well, I was on Amazon on Monday for Cyber Monday trying to uh you know, deal with the holiday spirit. Because you have six and kids. I have six kids, so I you know, it's the modern way. You get Good. online and see what you can get. Yeah. And um, then I read this article uh, that, th- yeah, that, that the the word, the creep, well, the idea of the creepy line came from some D- Google CEO who said, you know, we, we want to get as close to that as we can without crossing it. Um, I guess meaning that they want to be able to get as much of our information as they can without making us feel badly about it um, or, you know, making us worry or breaking uh, the law but i think that they've breaking the law but i think they've probably crossed over um without i mean they're they're trying not to but they have not done a good job no no they're too greedy right I think, you know, I don't know about you, but I've just kind of thrown up my hands about it. You just kind of have to resign yourself to the fact that this is what it is to be alive and to be online, you know, in the 21st century. Yeah, so, I mean, I I, I think most of us regret maybe getting on, I regret getting on Facebook originally because now so much of my life is ordered, so many of my relationships are grounded there. And even people I know in real life interact with each other on Facebook in between times. Uh, and yet, it, the idea that we're the I'm the commodity that's being sold to other people is creepy and terrible. And at some point, I'm going to offend them by being a Christian, and they're going to make me go away. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I get that too. The way that it's going. Yeah, I mean, I, I, so, I'm, I'm sure you have friends like I do, right? That they are anti-Christian, even though they're your f- good friends, and they're posting, you know, sort of anti-Christian screeds on their Facebook page. And I go, you know, I really like you guys, but uh, you're being a bit of a jerk here. I wish you wouldn't, you know, put your thumb in my eye. Um, it's, yeah, it's but weird. if you were to, if you go on and say things that are not acceptable uh, on Twitter and Facebook, then you know you you can if you're famous enough, you'll have your account suspended. <laughs> uh, so the well the Google the Go, the the article about Google and Facebook was on Monday, and then on um, well today um, there's you know all the people who have been suspended from Facebook or Twitter for not being willing to use the correct gendered pronouns for people. Right, um, something is new. a real thing. So if you don't you know, you have to. What, at what point does my engagement on these platforms make me complicit with what's going on? But also, my life is going to be circumscribed if I choose not to engage. Um, and none of them can solve our problems. I mean, we are increasingly isolated from each other. Um, it, we don't want to. <laughs> we don't want to deal with re- the reality of what's happening. I think. 
And so it's kind of easy to bury your head in the sand and pray for the apocalypse. Um, <laughs> Soon. That's, that's what I just, Soon, that's, Lord. That's Soon. not what I said in my piece, right? That's okay. No, but it's still good. But but so right. then what's your point? You're, you're saying that Google is easier than Jesus. You're saying what specifically? Well, so the the the, the system of social credit that's unfolding in China is super interesting because the the Chinese government wants people to behave themselves and they want people to think to be trustworthy. They have kind of almost a religious language the way that they they think and talk about social credit. And um they want basically a Christian nation where people behave themselves and are kind to each other but they don't want the underlying the god that comes with that. And um, that's the way most of us, you know, it, it, we would like all the effects and benefits of Christianity without having to worship the God that it that comes with it or that produces those things. And so um, it, it's easier, it continues to be easier for all of us to get online and um, either censor each other or just deal with the the small brow totalitarianism that we are enduring, yes. um, then to admit that we have a huge idolatry, idolatry problem. Amen to that. that. That's really true. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it weird, though, that's, that we've reached a point now, you know, where we always thought the big brother, you know, when, when you, you know, we're in school and you were forced to read 1984, the George Orwell book, you always thought, well, that's government. But big brother is not government. Big brother is corporate America. And, you know, we're being smacked into line, whether we want to or not, to act and think a certain way. And if you don't, then you're excluded from the party, so to speak. And maybe the party's worth missing if that's what we have to do to sort of, you know, be part of the group. Right. I do think the party is increasingly worth missing. Uh, and it, but, but, you know, for Christians, we, we have to think about, I mean, I think it's worth being on Facebook in order to be, in order to engage with the world. But you have to know that it's a, a platform that is so flawed and so, um, corrupt, really, yeah. that, it's going to be uncomfortable as you're there and there may come a point at which it's not worth it to you. But if that's so, what, how are you going to engage with the world? What are you, where are you going to go to talk about Jesus? Um, you've got to have somewhere to do that because it really, you have to go into the world to, to, to spread the gospel. Right, right. Okay. So but before you came on the show, at the top of the show, I was talking about, um, the, you know, um, the loneliness epidemic. And I believe that's true. You know, um, Arthur Brooks wrote a piece in uh, yesterday's New York Times about how loneliness is tearing America apart. And some of it's based upon um, Nebraska Senator Ben Sass's book, um, Them. Mm-hmm. And, and so, so if we did, you know, I mean, heck, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all that, it's, it's, it feels like it's been here forever, but it's been, it's been a decade. And all of a sudden, you know, we are, we're like lemmings, all of us. And I include myself. I'm as guilty as anybody in this. And of course you as well, because, you know, we're, we're so, we have an online social presence. But, but without it, if we didn't have it, you would still find community, which is where we've always found it. And especially if you're a believer within the pews of the church. And that's the necessary and good and right place to be. 
Right. I, I, I think the Ben Sass option, I guess, instead of the Benedict option, is interesting. <laughs> yeah. You know, he says, be more engaged in your community, not less. And yeah. that's, a, that's a great idea. Of course, we should do that. But the, the fact is that we, we prefer sin. We prefer idolatry. It's a lot to, easier. Um, yeah, to, you know, good social engagement. And um, so, I mean, really, my thought is that God has to save the world. He has to come and break into our natural proclivities and stop us from the direction that we're headed. And he doesn't seem to be wanting to do that. And so, Christians, you know, we should... We should do the Ben Sass option and the Benedict option, and but mostly we should really be clinging to the gospel and trying to orient our lives so radically around Jesus and his identity that we um, are unshakable, you know, no matter who's stealing our information or what platform we're on or, you know, who is trying to make us use which kind of pronouns, that we are just really solidly in our core identity, so Christian that we can't be moved, and that more it's more pressing. We need to do it more quickly than we have ever before. Wow, yeah, I agree with that, that it is pressing. Okay, and especially I, I would imagine you as well, because you're the mother of six kids. How old is your oldest? Sixteen. Oh, okay. So you, you're having this conversation <laughs> often then, aren't you? Well, a little bit. We we have um, we don't. Our kids have some. They have access to the internet. They are on in class online, and they have like devices like an iPod. But they don't have social media, and uh, we've just drawn the line there. They're not going to be on Instagram or Facebook or anything. They have to get through their teenage years basically before they are able to go into the depths of that that world yeah. um, mostly because we want their identity to be really solidly formed before they encounter that world because it's it's shaken me and i'm you know in my 40s and i'm dealing with all of the kind of depression and isolation that has come from for the whole world through facebook um and so i really don't want my 16 year old to have to face that until she really knows who she is um and they uh, have been surprisingly cheerful about that. They they have seen what it's done to other people, and they haven't really wanted to engage. So um, I did, though, say that they they could learn they could blog. I feel like that is. I'm just <laughs> I'm sort of kidding. <laughs> yeah. But you, but if that was the case, you give them a voice, right, in the blogosphere. Well, yeah. I mean, they could they could, if they can write long form pieces then I'm probably cool with that. I, yeah. But I don't want to limit them to 240 characters. <laughs> I don't think that's good for the soul. Yeah, no. <laughs> if they're doing long form, you're, you're ahead of the game, that's for sure. Hey, Ann, it's always a pleasure. Yeah. Thanks for, you know, uh, sort of passing the ball around and musing uh, on a very weird uh, topic that w- is infecting apparently all of us, with the exception of your children. So thank you. Right. They're going to be the saviors of the world. Amen. Ann Carlson Kennedy, she's a writer. Uh, also, her, her work, uh, the book Nailed It, 365 Sarcastic Devotions for Angry or Worn-Out People. Highly recommended. You can find Anne at the Pathios blog as well. And, of course, the aforementioned Facebook, Twitter, perhaps Instagram as well. Take a break. Come back. Stick around, would you please? It's live. It's local. It's Conversation with John and Kathy here on The Ride Home.
Most couples begin the retirement journey with some common questions. Have we saved enough for our retirement dreams? When does it make sense for us to take Social Security? How do we know if we have too much in the market? How does the new tax law impact our financial plan? Do you have similar questions? Join Kurt Kenotic of Accurate Solutions Group for a conversation about retirement's most common concerns. You'll learn a lot, and all you have to do is register. But seating is limited, so don't delay. Go to asgseminar.com, pick the date and location that works for you, and reserve your spot today. That's asgseminar.com. Start your retirement planning process with Kurt Kenotic and the team at Accurate Solutions Group. Register now at asgseminar.com. That's asgseminar.com. And for more information on your retirement questions, don't miss Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane, Saturday mornings at 10. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Change furnace filters. Check. Change smoke detector batteries. Check. Install CO2 detector. Check. Make sure the furnace is ready in good working condition. When you have Pellis Heating and Cooling Service your system, check. You're ready for anything. And be confident knowing a Pellis Tech is available 24 hours a day in case of emergencies. With after-hour calls, return within 30 minutes. Keep your family comfortable with a comfortable family company. Pellis, P-E-L-L-E-S, at PellisHVAC.com. Here at the Original Mattress Factory, we'd like to know, is it better to give or receive? One lucky winner in each of our markets will get to make that choice for themselves this Christmas. In the spirit of the season, we will be giving away a queen-size orthopedic luxury firm mattress set for each winner to either give to a loved one or receive for themselves. Visit any of our stores by December 18th to enter and for all official rules. No purchase is necessary to win, but eligibility restrictions do apply. May your holiday be merry and bright, and you always sleep tight. This Christmas, the tradition continues with Bill Gaither and the Gaither Christmas Homecoming Tour with special guests, the Neelands, Charlotte Ritchie, Kevin Williams, and Mark Lowry. 6 p.m. Saturday night, December 1st at the First Summit Arena in Johnstown. Tickets available now at 800-745-3000, the First Summit Arena box office, or at Gaither.com. Produced by Fill the Gap Concerts. Come Dasher, Dancer, you too, Prancer and Vixen. Word FM is giving away Christmas, and we're off to Pittsburgh with a pre-holiday special delivery for all their fans. Every day, December 3rd through 18th, good little boys and girls can enter their fan club Christmas giveaway at wordfm.com for a chance at great prizes like these $100 gift cards to major retailers and more. Presented by Trinity Jewelers. Visit wordfm.com slash contest to enter. <laughs> this song, this song. See, uh, this is um, Bing Crosby and David Bowie. And David Bowie, yeah. Yeah, one of John's favorites. I mean, it's not a bad song. It's just, a, you know. Anyway, there's a lot of other great Christmas music. Have you started to play Christmas music at your house? Oh, yeah, definitely. It's nice. I've had it? my tree up since November 1st, so I've been playing a lot of Christmas jams. Have you really had your tree up since November? I really have. I love it. I love the Christmas season, John. Oh, you're just all about the good cheer, aren't you? Oh, I am. I know you are. You're bringing it here, Mike. Okay, listen. uh, Starting Monday, it is our annual contest, Where in the World is Christmas Timmy? Now, Timmy, you may know this, is the the intern here at Word FM. And Timmy goes out and about uh, throughout western Pennsylvania 
we take photos of Timmy, and then you can track along and then keep score, essentially. At the end of a three-week period, you submit all your Christmas Timmy sightings. The grand prize winner, you win a nice ham from the Springhouse. Yeah, baby. I mean, that's worth it. Starts Monday. Where in the world is Christmas Timmy here on Word FM? Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Stocks surged on Wall Street, powering a 617-point gain in the Dow Jones Industrial Average after the head of the Federal Reserve hinted at slower interest rate increases. Federal Reserve Board Chair Jerome Powell says the economy is better able to withstand shocks than it was 10 years ago. In my view, uh, the most important feature of the stability landscape is the strength of the financial system. The risks of destabilizing runs are far lower than in the past. The institutions at at the heart of the financial system are more resilient. Powell's statements relieved investors who were concerned that rising interest rates would drag down the U.S. economy and possibly bring an end to the nine-year-old bull market. On Wall Street, the Dow again up by 617 points to close at 25,366. The Nasdaq rose 209, the S&P advanced 61, oil down to $50.29 a barrel. This is SRN News. Jen had a very busy day today, really busy. First, she dropped her kids off at daycare. Then she had a few minutes before yoga class for a coffee. Small latte, please. And then she saved a few lives. Nurse, two units, go negative. One, an injured child. Another, a cardiac patient. And then, a premature baby. All because Jen logged on to bloodsciencefoundation.org and made a financial donation. There, done. You see, local blood donors provide only about half of what is needed to treat patients. The other half has to be purchased and relies on financial donations from people like you and Jen. Ooh, cake pops. So, what have you done today? To make a financial donation that saves lives, visit bloodsciencefoundation.org. Blood Science Foundation. Giving from the heart. I'm Nick Soboleski, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a $300,000 group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, I shopped the many highly rated term life insurance companies we represent and found Ray, who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $27 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. If SelectQuote hasn't shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-452-6990. That's 800-452-6990. 800-452-6990. Or go to SelectQuote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. Are you an unhappy timeshare owner? Getting out of your timeshare is probably at the top of your to-do list. Hi, I'm Karen, owner of Lone Star Transfer. Now that the annual maintenance fees are coming due, you probably wish you had a way to get out of that burdensome and expensive timeshare. Thankfully, we can help. Our process is done legally, ethically, and quickly. Call today for a no-obligation consultation at 833 594 
888-424-0077 or visit us online at LoneStarTransfer.com. If you're not in the club, you're missing out. Word FM Discount Shopping Club members get up to half off great deals every day, right from your computer or smartphone. Like today, get twice the fun for half the price at Fun for All Family Fun Park in Cranberry. Get a $100 value for $50 or $50 value for $25 and enjoy the best family fun rides, games, and attractions, including their new Holiday Lights Mini Golf. It's all for fun at Fun for All. Log on now to wordfm.com. Keyword shopping. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, driven by Calusi Chevrolet, serving the Pittsburgh area for 100 years. A couple of flurries for this evening, otherwise mostly cloudy tonight, brisk and cold, the low 22. We'll stay mostly cloudy and cold tomorrow, but not quite as harsh, high 35. A bit of rain tomorrow night, mixed with some snow or sleet early, leaving little to no accumulation. But watch for some slick spots, the low around 32. Not as cold for Friday with a little rain, 44 degrees. I'm Aki Weather Meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for being with us here today, this Wednesday edition of The Ride Home. Kathy's taking the day off, so I'll be with you here for the uh, 5 o'clock hour. Uh, Mike drew this to my attention today. New Mike uh, has told me that today is apparently National French Toast Day. Yes, it is. Very nice, Mike. Yeah, yeah. Okay, French toast is one of those sort of like... When you're a kid and you want to make something in the kitchen, it's pretty easy. It's fairly safe, right? You go and uh, you make yourself some French toast. Were you able to make French toast at an early age, Mike? Oh yeah. Well, actually, one of my um, one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite breakfasts. One of your favorite, not the yeah. favorite. Actually, you know what? I have to take that back. Okay. It is. It definitely is the favorite. Okay. So then, if someone said, "Hey, you want pancakes or French toast?" Oh, French toast by far. Me too. At seven years old, I, I made uh, a batch of French toast for my family. Holy smokes. Um, You're like the, the young chef. Yeah, heck yeah. Okay, so when you make the French toast, are you adding anything special? Or are you just doing the basic of basics? Oh, you got to add this. You have to add the, um, cinnamon? the powdered sugar, powdered the cinnamon. Sugar. That's the very last. Oh, the, that's the very last thing, yeah. All right, I'll, I'm going to take you to square one. Okay, here. please you know, do. Yeah. Of course, you get, the, you get the milk and the eggs. Wait, this is New Mike's French toast recipe. That's right. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you scramble the eggs. Yep. Yep. How many eggs? Two. All right. Two eggs. I, you know, I don't put like I don't go by measurements with milk. Yeah, you know, just, I, you know, splash here, splash a it bit in there. Put put a little bit of vanilla in there. A vanilla. vanilla extract. Not, yeah. Not OJ. Not OJ. What OJ? I've done OJ. I do. Really? That's my that's my French toast. What does that do to it? It just adds a little tang. Nice. I should try that. Mm-hmm. I put in. Uh, so I put in vanilla. Yep. And um, add a little bit of butter as well. Mm-hmm. You know. Dip the bread. What kind of bread? I have to use gluten-free. What's the gluten-free bread? How does that make the French toast? Uh, unfortunately, I just got to I gotta tough it out. And gluten-free, gluten-free French bread. Glu- French just, toast. you know, gluten-free regular bread and just turn it into French toast, quote-unquote. All right. Slap it on there and wait till it's brown, mm-hmm. lightly brown. Flip it over. I like, you know, I like it a little bit on the darker, yeah, me too. you know, crispier side. Because there's nothing worse than underdone French toast. Right. Yeah. That soggy nastiness. Right. And then you, of course, you to put a little bit of the uh, the the powdered sugar on there on top. Yeah, mm-hmm. and maybe some strawberry jam. Oh, now do you do a syrup? 
Of course. Yeah. Is that uh, what kind of syrup? Mrs. Buttersworth. Oh, Mrs. Oh, yeah. Buttersworth. I love her. Very nice. She's my woman. Okay, National French Toast Day. And you just heard New Mike's uh, French Toast recipe. Very good. Now, uh, how about when I'm doing breakfast, are you doing uh, like a breakfast meat, uh, a link sausage, a patty sausage, a bacon? What's your choice? I feel like you would have to do a breakfast meat. I, for me personally, me too. I have to have you know, yeah. some type of a breakfast chunk. meat. What link or patty? Patty. Oh, really? Yes. I'm a more yeah. of a link man myself. Yeah. yeah. Not the bacon? Oh, yeah. Now, turkey bacon for me. Not regular bacon. That's a health concern with you. Not really. It's it's more of a uh, taste preference. Really? I don't like the turkey. Really? No. I think Is I'll it skip. too crispy for you? I just don't like it. I, just has a, I think it has a weird texture. What? I'm just saying. I love it. I'm just saying it does. Um, okay. Thank you for that update, Mike, on the, <laughs> on the uh, National French Toast Day and what I goes on. I think I might have some for dinner today, In the actually. new Mike household. Heck yeah. yeah. Hey, um, listen to this weird uh, story. Um, the Satanists. <laughs> Satanists are mad that someone keeps stealing the satanic Christmas ornaments. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. Uh, this is from Relevant Magazine. Christmas is a very stressful holiday for all of us, they say. Uh, however, um, uh, there are people who are the Satanists in the San Francisco Bay Area. There is a giant Christmas tree in a park. And among those trees is one sponsored by the Satanic Bay Area, which local reports describe as a grassroots group of atheistic Satanists. Many modern satanic groups are actually just non-theist communities who troll the normalies by calling themselves Satanists. Now, the tree originally had about 140 ornaments, but they're quickly running out because sticky-fingered troublemakers keep stealing them. And it's just not the Satanic Bay Area group that's been afflicted. Last year, the Satanic Temple, a different group of San Francisco Satanists, had their goat head to- a tree topper stolen. Local news said that the Bay Area Satanists are pleading with people to stop see- stealing their ornaments. This, we should note, would be the kind of time where it's really useful to have some sort of rules against stealing on the books. But if you're a Satanist, then apparently you're not following along with the Ten Commandments. Uh, quote, uh, it's kind of ironic there's a satanic Christmas tree just in general, says Rory Fry, an astute visitor to the Christmas in the Park in San Francisco. He told a uh, local San Francisco uh, TV station, I'm surprised that more has not happened to the tree. Park officials said that they cannot keep an eye on every single tree in the park and discourage groups against decorating with anything too valuable. I guess... Uh, I don't know. I don't get that. Why? See, that's just that's this this advocacy that you know every voice deserves to be heard. That you know this is America, right? Of course, so of course, yeah, everyone's got their free will, and the democracy says that every voice can be heard. But is it valuable that every voice should be heard? So the Satanists are sticking their thumb in the eye of Christmas and Christians who celebrate Christmas with a Christmas tree. But, of course, the Satanists want to get in on the party, so to speak. So they, for years, have done this, at least for the past five years, have their own Christmas tree at a park in San Francisco, and now they're complaining, wow, 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 because some nut job is now stealing the Satanic Christmas ornaments. We've lost our minds. Truly, we have lost our minds. But that's what it is to live in San Francisco, beautiful city as it is. It has uh, fallen into the ocean 
long before it's time. Take a break. Come back. We've got uh, more ahead. Oh, what is this? Thank you, Mike. Stay with us. It's the Ride Home with John and Kathy. Sands Kathy on a Wednesday afternoon. WORD. The top five answers are on the board to this question. Name a common excuse or reason that people give for not believing the Bible. That's Pastor James McDonald from Walk in the Word Radio. I have my own source of truth. To read more about his answer, download a free digital copy of God Wrote a Book. Pastor James clarifies the misconceptions that surround the infallibility, reliability, and historicity of the Bible. God Wrote a Book, yours free now when you go to wordfm.com slash book. Don't be at a disadvantage when it comes to your Medicare coverage. The 2018 Donut Hole is closing fast. Open enrollment ends December 7th, and you have some important decisions to make today. Medicare is confusing. Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial know you have questions, and they have the answers you are looking for. Before you lock in for another year, are you sure you're getting the best coverage possible? Visit MarleyFG.com and find out for yourself. Do you hold Pat for 2019? Has your Advantage plan changed terms on you? What premiums are going up next year and by how much? Should you switch your Part D prescription plan or drop it altogether? Don't go it alone. Let Marley Financial steer you to a comprehensive solution that lets you access any hospital or doctor you want. A plan that focuses not just on cost, but quality, with lower deductibles and co-pays that are little to none. Why get stuck paying thousands in out-of-pocket expenses? Visit MarleyFG.com today. That's MarleyFG.com. Truth is timeless. At the Original Mattress Factory, our business philosophy is based on honesty and truth, and it never changes. Simply stated, we treat our customers the way we want to be treated ourselves. This means we treat people with respect, we educate rather than manipulate, and we offer genuine value and substantial savings, not simply by saying it, but by proving it with cutaways of our mattresses compared side-by-side with the mainstream brands. Stop by one of our store locations or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. Here at the Original Mattress Factory, we'd like to know, is it better to give or receive? One lucky winner in each of our markets will get to make that choice for themselves this Christmas. In the spirit of the season, we will be giving away a queen-size orthopedic luxury firm mattress set for each winner to either give to a loved one or receive for themselves. Visit any of our stores by December 18th to enter and for all official rules. No purchase is necessary to win, but eligibility restrictions do apply. May your holiday be merry and bright, and you always sleep tight. You started a DIY project at home. Then you realize convenience isn't always easy. The why in DIY doesn't mean why is this so hard. At ADT, we DIFY, do it for you. We customize and install a secure smart home that you control from the palm of your hand or the sound of your voice. Smart security, designed and installed just for you with ADT. Visit ADT.com slash smart to learn more. License information available at ADT.com. ADT, real protection. Hi, this is Kurt Kenotic from Accurate Solutions Group. Whether you're dreaming of a white Christmas, thinking about a red-nosed reindeer, or just rocking around the Christmas tree, my team and I want to say thank you to everyone who helped make 2018 such a success. So from our family to yours, we wish you a very Merry Christmas. And as we turn the calendar to a new year, we would be honored to help make 2019 the year that you make retirement planning your resolution. 
Give us a call today, 412-515-3555. We can help you create a retirement blueprint so you can find out if this is the year you can finally retire. 412-515-3555. That's Accurate Solutions Group. 412-515-3555. Or you can find us online at asgretire.com. Have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, and may God bless you and your families. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. At Grace Wellness Center, our philosophy is that we are called to thrive. We're always called to something bigger, something more. God is calling us, Aki. God is calling us. And you know what? I'm so looking forward to how we'll be able to bless others. I'm going to say this. This show has been such a blessing to me. You know, my wife and kids will only listen to me if my voice is coming out of the radio. <laughs> is that right? That's right. That's awesome. I can't Maybe wait. some other people will listen to us. Called to Thrive is right here on Word FM every Saturday at 930. Check us out. Join us. Lucy Van Pelt says the doctor is in. Dr. Kirk Thompson is with us again. He's a psychiatrist in private practice in Falls Church, Virginia. Dr. Thompson's latest book is called The Soul of Shame, Retelling the Stories We Believe About Ourselves. Kurt, welcome back. It's been a while. Happy that you're with us again. Thanks, John. It's, uh, again, as always, a pleasure to be with you. Thank you. Uh, so, Kurt, you're joining us today to, to talk about connectedness, um, interpersonal neurobiology, the first chapter of Genesis. Uh, there's a lot going on here. So uh, guide us through yeah. this first step. Well, you know, John, it's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm working um, uh, with, some, with some, you know, new, fresh material around uh, – questions about um, desire, questions like, why do we desire things? Why do we desire anything? And what are we here on the planet to do? And one of the things that we like to say is that we desire things, not just objects, but we have the desire to make things. We have a desire to build things. We long long to be connected. We have all these desires. And uh, the interpersonal neurobiology of this desire is, is really quite fascinating. And I mentioned, uh, we, we mentioned the first chapter of Genesis, because when, when, when we look at that chapter, um, we notice some things, not just, we, we don't just notice that God created purpose for things that he's made. He doesn't just create purpose for the stars and the sun and the moon and the oceans, but it is the way that the text tells us that he actually made things. He made things in this really interesting, rhythmic way, where in which he both uh, makes things, but then separates them. Mm. So, for instance, he makes light, and then he separates it from the darkness and calls the darkness night and the light day. Yeah. And then he makes this this expanse of water. He separates the water from above from the water below, and then day three he gets to the land and the sea. And then you go back days four, five, and six, and you have lights in the day and lights at the nighttime. And then you have the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, and then you have these land animals that are, interestingly enough, you know, God God could have just made animals and said, let there be animals, but animals actually have gender, right? Animals have males and females, yeah. and then he gets to human beings at the end of day six, and you come to find out that he does with human beings, with humanity, he does with us what he did with lightness and darkness, what he did with separating the water. There is this sense in which... Part of the created order includes 
when we look around, things having been made and then separated from each other. Oh, interesting. In order that those things come back together in a rhythmic cadence to create the whole thing. Wow. So, so as it turns out, like, I, you know, God could have said, hey, let there be human beings. And, you know, and every time he needed a new human being, he could just say, well, let there be another human being. And we could be androgynous things. We could be like oak trees, right? We just plant oak trees, and every time you or anybody else wants another oak tree, we just drop an acorn, and there's another human just growing out of the earth. But he doesn't do that. He separates us. And it is, I want to suggest, this separation, I'm certainly not the first to recognize this or knows this, it is this separation, not unlike a north and south pole on a magnet. It is the separation of things that creates this energy, this longing, this desire to come back together, to be unified. And I don't just mean that in a way like I want to come back for sexual unity, sexual union. I mean, I want to be known by the other. I want to be seen by the other. I want the other to know me in such a way that the parts of me that are not just the deepest and the most private, but also especially the parts of me that I hate the most, the parts of me that I'm most ashamed of, I really want you to see them and to welcome them into the room so that they can be healed and so that they can then be regenerated. Oh, that's but fascinating. Here's interest- but here's the interesting thing, John. You know, God could do this and, like, and, and, and have this be done between people who are very much alike. And, you know, typically I tell people, look, my, my wife is Phyllis, and we've been married for 32 years, and I, I tell people, you know, as it turns out, I didn't, really, as I, I didn't really want to marry my wife, Phyllis. I really wanted to marry a really beautiful version of me. <laughs> That's what I really wanted to marry. I didn't want to marry this, this woman. I, I mean, I wanted her, her to be, but I really wanted her to be exactly like me. But instead, I, I married this beautiful person who, as it turns out, is very different from me. But it is in our coming together with those that are most different than we are that the most beautiful things are made together. We get new human beings, we get new babies when males and females come together, and we have to come together in acts of great vulnerability that are quite messy. I love this. Okay, so then it's the act of creation, then the separation of the act of creation, then the coming together of the two that were separated that creates the energy, which is the essence of the power of the creation. That's right. But here's the thing, John. It's not just the coming together of the two. It's the coming together of two who are almost, in many ways, infinitely different. Hmm. So here's the thing, right? We, I mean, I, I have, um, you know, I lived, in, I lived in the Pittsburgh area in Crafton for two years, and uh, we have we have deep and lasting friendships uh, with people in that that live in that city. And uh, you know, a month ago, um, you know, we didn't know here here in Washington, we didn't know what to do with ourselves in the wake of the carnage and the trauma. The tree of life. Yeah. And um, you know, uh, for all of the uh, violence that takes place between. Jews and Gentiles, between blacks and whites, between Arabs and Jews, between you name between in the South and the North, the, the, the Ukrainians and the Russians. No one has a longer history of violent enmity than men and women. 
those who are most different, when they come together, those who have been so violent toward each other, when they come together with the intention of making new things, <laughs> making new things, the most beautiful things on the planet emerge. And I want to say that this is a direct reflection of the way the creation has been from the beginning. God makes things by taking things that are very different from each other, the sun and the moon, the night and the, and the light. He takes the sea and the land. He takes men and women. He takes Jews and Gentiles. And we don't just have opportunities for creating. I want to suggest that this is what we have been designed for from the beginning, as a reflection of how God has made everything to operate. And it is a reflection, interestingly enough, of the way the brain itself is put together. Our brains have multiple parts that work very differently from each other, and our brain only gets to do the most beautiful work that it does when you can bring, for instance, the part of the brain that can think critically and plan for things and write Tchaikovsky, together with the brainstem, the part that is my fight-or-flight mechanism. I need to have different parts of my brain working together in concert in order for me to be a fully flourishing human being, in order for us to have a fully flourishing world in which we are making new things, in which we are joining Jesus as co-creators, ushering in the new creation. It's not just enough for me to do that work with the people with whom I have everything in common. Wow. Or the people that I want to consume, or the people that I just want to be like me, even though she, the woman, looks very different, but I really want her to be like me. I have to do the work of living like God, and we would say that atonement, that as we enter into, you know, we, we enter into this Advent season of Jesus coming, he comes at Christmas, bound for Good Friday. And it is in that space on Good Friday where God that which is most different from us joins us, comes to find us in all of our horror. And then he says, I want to take you with where, take you to where I am. I want to co-create things with you. And so it's, it's, uh, it, at this, at, as we, as we enter into this Christmas season, I, I think that God has not just come for us who are so different from him, but he invites us to go looking for the people who are, not just different from us, but often the people who are our enemies. And to reflect the very creation that he's made from the beginning, even right down to the way our very neural networks are putting, put together. And uh, which is why this notion of integration and interpersonal neurobiology can shed some light and give us some energy and some thoughtfulness about what we read about in the text, about the story that we believe is true about who we are. Oh, that's so beautiful. And the hope for the heaven that awaits us. Dr. Thompson, thanks an awful lot. Uh, that was a beautiful, beautiful the treatise. I just loved it so much. The duality and the separation, the energy, the tension between the two spheres that create who we are as a race in uh, the perfect unity of God. Thanks an awful lot. Yeah. Dr. Kurt Thompson, he's a psychiatrist in private practice, Falls Church, Virginia. His latest book is called The Soul of Shame. Dr. Kurt Thompson. Jen had a very busy day today. Really busy. First, she dropped her kids off at daycare. 
Then she had a few minutes before yoga class for a coffee. Small latte, please. And then she saved a few lives. Nurse, two units, O negative. One, an injured child. Another, a cardiac patient. And then, a premature baby. All because Jen logged on to bloodsciencefoundation.org and made a financial donation. There, done. You see, local blood donors provide only about half of what is needed to treat patients. The other half has to be purchased and relies on financial donations from people like you and Jen. Ooh, cake pops. So, what have you done today? To make a financial donation that saves lives, visit bloodsciencefoundation.org. Blood Science Foundation, giving from the heart. One of the things that's been disturbing to me about education in America, whether you're talking about junior high or high school or even college. As you watch your kids. As I watch my kids, and I know a lot of other kids, right? Friends of my kids and you know kids I know in church and community, is that I feel like we're always telling students to look at the next step. So when I remember the day that my daughter went into seventh grade, uh, assembly. I don't remember. It was maybe September of that year, October of her seventh grade year. And the question was, what are you going to do for a living? In seventh grade. In seventh grade. So that you can determine. And the reason they're asking that question, I'm sh- and I know that there's a good motive behind it, is so that we can get you in the right classes starting now in seventh grade. Like AP classes. Right. So that you can get to the right, you know, get all the right things in so that you can get into the right college so that you can get the right degree so you can get the right job the only problem is that we're talking to like 13 year olds i mean what do they know about what they want to do know what you're doing right right and and again i appreciate the fact that they're asking the question but i also think that we can go too far with that and we can make kids feel like they have to know everything that they're that they want to do and then make all the appropriate decisions now so they can get to that space right so in junior high they're going to decide what they're going to do so that they can pick the right classes in high school and when they're in high school they're going to take all the right ap classes so that they can get into the right college and then when they're in college they're going to get all the right internships and everything so they can get the right job and i feel like there's a problem in just being in the present how do you be in the present when we are forcing kids to be always thinking about the next step. The next big step. Okay, that's a good point. So my oldest is a junior at Grove City. And, of course, you know, home for the Thanksgiving holiday, a lot of conversation about that next step. But more than anything, despite him being anxious, he knows that what's presented at Grove City College, this whole sort of menu, this mosaic of all the different programs, all the different classes. There's an overlay of Christ is in control. And the study that goes on there, especially the theological study, in many ways acts as a calming agent. Yeah, I think you're that right about all, there's that. There's all this anxiety that every kid shares about who am I going to be? What's the next step? What about my math? All these different things. But if you're at a Christian college, an excellent Christian college like Grove City, despite all that fear and anxiety, the overlay is Christ is with you. Have no fear. Take the next step in confidence, and all will be right. The very first week that my daughter was at Grove City College, someone said to her, someone in authority said to her, it was Paul McNulty, I'll just drop his name because he's the president of Grove City College. He said, and not just to her, it was to an assembly of students, your job right now, your vocation is to be a student. Okay, 
That's the calming agent you're talking about, right? This, yes. So you can be thinking about your next step. Of course, we want you to get a job. We want you to be in a vocation that you enjoy. But for right now, enjoy your present. Learn what you have to learn because God's call on you right now is to be a student. Hey, full disclosure, both Kath's child and mine, they both attend Grove City College. They love it. Look online, gcc.edu. Say yes to Grove City. It's me, the kid who sang, all I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. Yeah, I grew up, got my teeth. Turns out, not super impressive. What I really should have sang was, all I want for Christmas is to go to Fun for All Family Fun Park's Holiday Lights Mini Golf. They turn 36 holes of award-winning miniature golf into a Holiday Lights extravaganza like no other. From 5 to 10 p.m. November 16th through January 2nd, it's the most fantastic way to have a Merry Christmas. <laughs> Still got it. Learn more at funforall.com backslash holiday lights. The economy is growing, businesses are hiring, and Americans are feeling good about their future opportunities. Looking to upgrade your career? Word FM hosts an online virtual job fair 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, every day of the year. Keyword virtual at wordfm.com now to find our newest employment opportunities from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Sponsored by Express Employment Professionals of Robinson Township. The virtual job fair at wordfm.com. A couple of flurries for this evening, otherwise mostly cloudy tonight, brisk and cold, the low 22. We'll stay mostly cloudy and cold tomorrow, but not quite as harsh, high 35. A bit of rain tomorrow night, mixed with some snow or sleet early, leaving little to no accumulation. We'll watch for some slick spots, the low around 32. Not as cold for Friday with a little rain, 44 degrees. I'm AccuWeather Meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. We are still, weeks after the attack at the Tree of Life Synagogue, still reeling here in western Pennsylvania of the horror of what happened. And you wonder sometimes, have we just lost our minds as a society? We are so upside down where the norm is, and especially for our children, the norm for them is mass murder. Well, there's been a response by the local church to do something to protect themselves. John Sikoyan is with us. John is um, he's a security expert and is part of the fourth annual Word FM Safety and Security Conference coming up November 29th, Christ Church at Grove Farm in Sewickley. And, John, unfortunately, we welcome you back, but we are always happy to see you. How are you today? Thank you. I'm doing fine. You know, we process the news of Tree of Life as civilians and, you know, we're shocked and unbelievably saddened by it. Um, tactically, though, I know you look at a situation like that differently. So can you talk about what these last two shootings have brought to mind for you? Exactly. It stresses the importance of reducing the risk by doing a risk-threat vulnerability assessment, uh, whether it be a house of worship, a business, a corporation, or school, uh, to be able to limit access and to control visitors coming into a facility, uh, to be situationally aware of your environment, no matter where you are, at a house of worship uh, or a mall or uh, at a bank or a shopping establishment. I see. John, command excellence and action response training, this is your business. Uh, unfortunately, I'm, but I'm sure business has been uh, sort of upticking as more and more of these tragedies take place. Uh, unfortunately, yes, John. So, as people who, Kath and I, our audience, new Mike here, 
We sit in the pews on a Sunday morning, and I believe that's our most vulnerable time of the week, where the last thing we want to think about is protection because we're in worship. But there are things that can be done for churches, even basic things, to ensure that the people who come to worship are in some ways safe. Yes? Uh, Sure. I believe it's important to restrict access to our public uh, meetings and venues and houses of worship. Uh, Your uh, internal security team, your ushers, your greeters uh, should be observant of the behaviors and know the overt observable behaviors of people that may come into a congregation with violent intentions. Uh, to be able to restrict their access to the facility and potentially be uh, removed from uh, from the mass of congregation to limit casualties. So those people are our first line of defense, you're saying? Exactly, they are. So, John, is that even possible? I mean, I, I know that there are many churches who resist the idea of having someone armed on the premises. I mean, I, I don't want to do that. I'm sure many places don't want to do it. But when we see what's happening, John, we feel like, you know, maybe this is the thing we have to do. Well, in our American culture, we have the freedom to choose if we want armed individuals into church or congregation, uh, and there are liability risks associated with that because of the number of people in the facility. However, these folks that are observant do not necessarily have to be armed, but at least armed with the knowledge of what the observable behaviors are of people with violent intentions uh, by physical demeanor, the clothing, uh, the potential threat of having a weapon or causing harm to people in the uh, facility. I see. John Sikoyan, he is the, the president, the founder of Command Excellence and Action Response Training. We would invite you to attend the fourth annual Word FM Safety and Security Conference, November 29th, Christ Church at Grove Farm in Sewickley. Information and to register right now, wordfm.com. WORD. Your station for leading the way with Dr. Michael Youssef. If you want to experience unity and peace in life, you need to be asking these questions about everything you do in your home and in your workplace, in your neighborhood, wherever you go. The question is, how will that impact the name of Jesus? How will that bless the kingdom of God? Be challenged this week on Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. Tomorrow morning at 6.30 on 101.5 WORD. If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special IRS tax programs that are available and free yourself from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing throughout the country, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call the Community tax helpline at 800-500-5588. If you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back, or even if you have years of unfiled tax returns, there's no need to fear anymore. But you have to call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-500-5588 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your social security check. Call 800-500-5588 for your free consultation and to see if you qualify 
qualify. That's 800-500-5588. Change furnace filters. Check. Change smoke detector batteries. Check. Install CO2 detector. Check. Make sure the furnace is ready in good working condition. When you have Pellis Heating and Cooling Service your system, check. You're ready for anything. And be confident knowing a Pellis Tech is available 24 hours a day in case of emergencies. With after-hour calls, return within 30 minutes. Keep your family comfortable with a comfortable family company. Pellis, P-E-L-L-E-S, at PellisHVAC.com. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme gift ideas for everyone on your list. From annual favorites like remote starters to truck accessories, lift kits, weather tech floor liners, tonneau covers, electronics, wheels and accessories, and more. Heard of Drone Mobile? Use your smartphone to control, secure, and even track your vehicle from anywhere in the world. Don't know what to get? Get a gift card. For an extreme selection of the year's most extreme gifts, visit Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville at ExtremeTruck.net. Send wishes of joy and love to those on your mind and heart this season with free online cards at CrossCards.com. It only takes a minute to personalize and send a CrossCards.com e-card that will brighten the holiday season for family and friends. From scripture-inspired cards to heartfelt messages, even party invitations, CrossCards.com makes it easy to let others know you're thinking about them this Christmas. Celebrate the most wonderful time of the year with free cards at CrossCards.com. How will you react to a natural disaster or random act of violence at your church, school, or daycare? You'll react the way you're trained. This is John Sikoyan, owner of Command Excellence. Join me November 29th for Salem Media Safety and Security Conference at Christ Church at Grove Farm. Along with security experts from local law enforcement, the FBI, and district attorney's office, our team will help you identify areas of risk and show you how to respond in order to keep your congregation and children safe. RSVP now at wordfm.com. There are people that we meet in our lives, unique, wonderful, joyful people who, considering the circumstances of their life, really have no right or no claim to be joyful because of the brutality of the situation they're born in, the medical conditions they find themselves in, all that. And my guess is that you might know one or two of these people in your life. You walk away after you intersect with that person, you think, what a fantastic person, and I grieve for the circumstances of their life. Well, April Lawson is back with us. Uh, April has a story to tell about a connection in her life, a young woman named Karis. April is the associate director of Weave. Weave is a social fabric project at the Aspen Institute. And she's here to talk to us about Karis, All I See is Grace. April, welcome back to the show. How are you today? Thanks so much. It's great to be here. Yeah, thanks. Always a good pleasure. You bring interesting things to the show, and I'm grateful for that. So this story of a young woman, Karis, All I See is Grace, take me back to the beginning of how you first intersected in this life. Yes. Well, so I I actually did not know Karis myself, but I uh, my boyfriend is her brother, and uh, Karis was... um, uh, very sick her whole life. Um, she, she passed away in 2014 and I met Dan a couple years later. Um, but what this book is, is it's her mother's, uh, account of Karis's life. And it's, um, her mother, uh, one of the things she said to me not too long ago is that she felt like the one thing she had to do before she died was write this book. Um, because Karis was just such a, a special and unusual person hmm. that the world had to, had to experience her story. 
Um, and it was just, I mean, uh, from what I understand, she, um, well, so, so one thing is the title, uh, All I See is Grace, is literally something that she wrote. It's a line from her journals when she was about 15, mm-hmm. and she was suffering enormously, and yet what she said was, all I see in my life is grace, you know, all I see is the gifts I've been given, the blessings, um, and she just was, her attitude, I mean, of course she had terrible times too, right? Um, nobody can go through the kind of uh, physical pain that she did without some times of despair, but she um, she really uh, just loved the people around her um, in an unusual way. Uh, Interesting. And, you know, it's one of these things where everyone who met her practically um, walked away thinking that, like, they were friends. Uh, it was hard for her, so she went to Notre, Notre Dame for college, and it was hard for her to <laughs> to get to class on time because, you know, first um, she'd run into... Uh, so one story about her is that she one day she... Um, saw an old man on a bench who looked lonely. And so she sat down and started talking to him. And it turned out that he was the, the president emeritus of Notre Dame. Um, but she just <laughs> thought he was someone who looked lonely. Um, That's she, good. <laughs> yeah. She talked to her. Um, her mom said that she like, you know, one of the things she remembered was that there was this custodian who wanted to be a poet. And so Karis would talk to him about that. And that it just, uh, um, the, one of the things that I like most from the, the whole book and, you know, that I and, and I, I, I think a lot of people would want to emulate is, um, she said, may they say this of me when they say nothing else when I am gone. She loved me. God loved me through her. Um, mm. And I just find that so touching. That's fabulous. And, and yeah, yeah. So um, in our conversation back and forth, you say that um, Karis's family has talked about that, for lack of a better word, she was involved in somehow, some way, miracles. Can you tell us about mm-hmm. that? Yeah, well, they, I mean, so I don't want to give away everything oh, yeah, story just because it's better experienced that, like, in, in writing. But the um, the first is that she just shouldn't have survived. Uh, so she was, they were told, her mother was told um, as soon as she was born that she had, uh, did not have a functioning intestine hmm. and that she would die within a few weeks or months uh, if she went home and that they, they should just let that happen. Um but her mother was a nurse, and she said no. I she prayed about it, and and said no. I should I should take her home. And so what that and and astonishingly she did live. And so that meant that at like age three she was, to their knowledge, the oldest living person in the world with this condition. Wow. Um, yeah. And then when she was eleven, uh, she had to have a surgery, and the doctor said that her intestine shouldn't have functioned at all. She mind you, she had lived this whole time. Um, there were ups and downs, but uh, they said that there was just no possibility it could function. And yet there, there she was, alive at age 11. Um, there was a, a time when she went through a coma for 74 days uh, and by all accounts should have died, um, but she didn't. And the doctor said that she was the sickest person ever to leave the Pittsburgh Children's Hospital ICU alive. Unbelievable. Um, yeah, no. no. Uh, and there's more. I Like I said, I don't want to give it away, but it's, yeah, it's That's really fabulous. astonishing. So a lot of the work, when this is interesting as well, is that they were taken from Karis's own diary. So this is sort of first-person right. account of her life, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's a combination of her mother's writings and her diaries, but reading her words is, is some of the most powerful. She was a fantastic writer, among other things. She was a poet. So, 
Aren't you amazed uh, by that? I mean, don't you know? And I'm sure absolutely. you know. Yeah, in all the circles of the people that you meet, you know, people are people. You know, there's good, the bad, the mix. But there are there's are, and I don't know how to describe it. I mean, are they? It says so. They're they're saints among us in somehow mm-hmm. right that they mm-hmm. are they're ethereal that they're lifted that they're they're special in some way. Um, mm-hmm. I think more than anything, you know, that gives me. Uh, a true connection to God. And I, I you know, when you go mm-hmm. into hospitals and you see people, who, the, the doctors and the nurses, and you think, how do they do that all day long? How do they do that? But I, they must intersect with people yeah. like that who are living, walking, mm-hmm. breathing miracles. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. There's actually, so Kara's obviously spent a lot of time in hospitals and um, she was really a blessing to the other people there. Uh, and so, so just one story from that, she was, um, in a uh, Pittsburgh had one of the best transplant hospitals in the world for her kind of surgery. And there was, she just made friends with all the other patients. And so, you know, um, there was one, for example, who, uh, there's a 14 year old girl named Annette who, um, it's told through her, her mother's voice because that's who Deborah, uh, Karis's mother knew. It says Sarah's 14 year old daughter, Annette learned that she was dying. And then she folded into herself, assumed a fetal position. She wouldn't talk to anybody. And Sarah prayed for the first time in a long time that somebody would reach her. And the next day, according to Sarah, an angel appeared, dressed in a hospital gown, pushing an ivy pole, just like Annette's. And the angel sat by her bed, stroked her hair, sang to her. And the next day she was back, talking gently to Annette, singing her, praying for her. And then on the next visit, Annette opened her eyes, and she saw her smile. Eventually, Annette smiled back, and they like started to have a conversation, and she like gave this girl back her life for the last day that she, days that she had it. And she just, um, this is not, this is all in the midst of enormous pain and suffering herself. Um, and it's just one of the things that, uh, it's, it's really a testament to the, the fact that the human spirit, at least in some people, seems to be able to, be able to totally transcend suffering. Yeah. Um, That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. So now, because you didn't know Karis, but you're with your boyfriend, mm-hmm. Karis's brother, and you're around the family. What's that like? I mean, uh, hmm. she's sort of lifted up in some special way beyond, you know, um, she's become a saint to the family. And mm-hmm. how's that like for you to, you know, to sort of work around that? Hmm. That's a, it's a thoughtful question. Um, well, I mean, first, I'm really grateful to, that this book exists because it means I can know her a little bit. And she's she's very much around. Like, it's – I. I understand the family so much better now yeah. having read this book. Um, and it's, uh, I guess I would say that there is both, um, they have a, a really, many of them at least have a very profound faith because of this. It's affected each of their lives in really strong ways. And there's also a sadness, you know, yeah. this kind of grief never goes away. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, mostly I feel grateful to have gotten to meet her just a little bit, you know? Fabulous. April Lawson's yeah. with us. Um, April, t- let's switch subjects here for a second. Uh, you know, for sure. a long time, you know, you were working with um, David Brooks and uh, Ross Do That, uh, doing research for, with the New York Times writers. But now you find yourself mm-hmm. in a different situation in a different stage of life. Tell us about this. <laughs> sure. I um, Well, so I still work for David Brooks, but I have switched. He's doing a new project at the Aspen Institute called Weave. Um, and basically what it comes from is um, the idea that if, you know, so he writes about politics and all this stuff. And if you look at society, one of the things that underlies a lot of the problems that we see is just that relationships are broken all over the place. 
um, within communities, between communities. And so our project, and I, I love this mission, I totally believe in this, is, is just to figure out how do you help people um, form relationships? Like how do you revitalize community? How do you uh, sort of take people? And, and honestly, part of our strategy is is to identify people like Karis, these, these sort of ordinary people who are also saints in some way, um, and show people what it would be like to live that way uh, so that hopefully we can all begin to live a little bit more like them. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I mean, I love this so much. This is so necessary when you look how broken and how sad the world is right now. I mean, how mm-hmm. many people do you know that are lost and alone, who lack community, lack purpose? So somehow this Weave project, I mean, how, how do you even jumpstart something like that <laughs> to bring this mission to fruition? Well, so that's a very good question, and I should say we're new, and so we're still figuring it out to some degree. I do think that, um, you know, there are lots of people try to influence other people in lots of ways, but really the way that you change a person deeply is to show them a life that is really well-lived. And usually this happens with people that you're immediately around, right? Um, But it can also happen through uh, books or through stories. Um, And so our first task has just been to go out and and try to meet some of these people and identify them and spend some time with them and and learn just how they see the world. And it's funny because it's not an intellectual, uh, we're journalists, but the project is not really about that. It's about heart. Um, and, but the, the good news is that it's like you've been saying, these people are everywhere, right? It's not, um, it's not even hard to find them. Uh, you just have to ask people who matters to you. Like, who do you trust? Hmm. Um, yeah. So who do you trust? That's really good. Well, April, thanks a lot. I mean, uh, it's always an encouragement to speak with you and to tell us about this story, Karis, All I See is Grace and Weave, Mm -hmm. the social fabric project at uh, Aspen Institute. Thanks a lot. You're an encouragement to to all of us here. That's good stuff. Wonderful. It's great to talk to you. Thank yeah, you. Thanks so much. My pleasure. April Lawson, the Associate Director, I said, of Weave, the Social Project, Social Fabric Project at the Aspen Institute. You're a good mom. You've tried every parenting tip in the book, but nothing seems to stick. Your child is smart, but just can't sit still and focus. Or maybe you know that something is just off. If your child just can't do things you think he should be able to, there is a reason. Brain Balance can help. For over 10 years, the Brain Balance program has helped kids just like yours. This customized program doesn't just mask your child's issues, but gets to the root of the problem. If your child is not making friends, is disruptive in school, or life just seems a lot harder than it needs to be, it's not that he's not trying. He just can't change what he can't control. The Brain Balance Program can help. If you feel your child falling further and further behind in school, don't wait. Call your local center today and find out how Brain Balance can build the strong foundation your child needs for a brighter future. Visit BrainBalance.com for the center nearest you. Dell Cyber Week sale for small businesses on. Save big with massive deals on office essentials like computers with 8th Gen Intel Core processors. Dell's small business technology advisors can help you find the right tech at Cyber Week prices. Visit Dell.com slash SB Cyber Week or call 877-BUY-DELL. Until recently... Few in the United States have heard of North Sentinel Island, where young American John Allen Chow was killed with arrows by members of an isolated tribal group. 
But as the story spread, I hope that you've read some of the story of John Allen Chow. As that story spread, the tale of the 26-year-old adventurer and world traveler, then of a Christian missionary willing to risk his life, people around the globe responded with swift and sometimes scathing reactions. Many considered Chow a fool, or worse, considering him, criticizing him for breaking Indian law and endangering the isolated Sentinelese people who have no immunity to many common diseases. Others called Chow an inspiration, even a martyr. Some immediately drew parallels to the late missionary Jim Elliott. Now, sometime between Friday, November the 16th, when Chow wrote his last journal entry, and Saturday, November 17th, when the fishermen who had brought him to his destination saw his body on the beach, John Elliott Chow was John Allen Chow was killed by the people that he had sought to reach for Christ. One of a handful of uncontacted tribes remaining in the world, the Sentinelese people have no peaceful contact with outsiders. We don't even know their real name. They are sometimes called the Sentinelese because the British named their land North Sentinel Island. Many people are fascinated by the idea, especially in this modern world, of a Stone Age tribe. And John Allen Chow's goal was not tribal tourism. He wanted to live with the Sentinelese and share the story of Jesus and translate the Bible into their language. Now, the similarities between... Uh, between this man, John Allen Chow, and Jim Elliott are really hard to miss. Now, Jimmy Elli- Jim Elliott, you may know um, the story of the spear, right? Remember this story? That Jim Elliott went into the jungles, and he lost his life along with several other men. Pete Fleming, Ed McCauley, Nate Saint, Roger Uridan, they were killed with spears by other members of a tribal group, then known to outsiders as Akuras, or savages. So what is it? What does it mean to want to go into uncontacted people, unchurched people, what people would consider to be savages, whether that's an apt description or not? I doubt that. But savages, from our perspective, they would look at us perhaps and think we are savages in the way that we live our lives. How is that, that the stories of these two men, Jim Elliott and John Chow, interconnect almost 60 years after Jim Elliott passed away and John Chow? Do we approach mission work, right, this international mission work with what's best for sharing the story of Christ? And the story that we're telling of Christ on earth to ourselves, to our children, to a, a, a watching world about who God is and how God behaves, that story, of course, it's necessary that that story is told. But our approach, in many ways, should not contradict the biblical account of a God who values the cultural variety of people groups around the world and respect their free will of a God who is not bound by the passage of time or the limits of space. And so as this story unfolds of John Allen Chow and the deep and very hard-to-miss parallels of Jim Elliott and his people, how will we now look at international missions as we delve into a world hungry for the knowledge of Christ? 
Hey, thanks for being with us here today. The podcast is up and running at wordfm.com shortly. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Word FM and Salem Communications. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.